you know, the big story of the gospel is that our relationship with God depends less upon our hold on Him and more on His hold on us. I don't deserve God's grace, but that's why we call it grace, isn't it? Welcome to the Jesus Storybook Bible Podcast, a place where we remind you that grace can rewrite any story, that hope shines a light through our darkest moments, and that God's love changes lives. Here's your host, New York Times bestselling author, Sally Lloyd-Jones. Hello, I'm Sally Lloyd-Jones, author of the Jesus Storybook Bible, which tells the story of God's never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. Welcome to the show. Today, we're talking about grace. The late writer and pastor, and one of my favorites, the great Dallas Willard, defined grace like this. Grace is not opposed to effort, but to earning. Earning is an attitude. Effort is an action. Grace is not just about forgiveness. If we had never sinned, we would still need grace. Grace is God acting in our life to do what we cannot do on our own. Our guest today knows all about grace. In fact, he calls himself a redeemed drunk and identifies with a particular Bible character, a character known as a trickster and a scoundrel, but I'll let him tell you who. Our guest is best-selling author and renowned pastor, Max Licardo. I have long loved his beautiful message of grace in all his writings. Hearing his story is so wonderful because now we get to understand why his message is so deep and powerful. It's born from his own experience of God's grace. Max shares humbly and honestly about his struggles, how he came to the end of his own strength, how he realized his strength wasn't enough, how it was the best thing that could ever have happened, how admitting his brokenness led to transformation and God giving him a new purpose and a new life. As Max shares his story about his own brokenness, he shares God's wonderful grace, the grace that can change everything, no matter how broken or lost or messed up. This is such an inspiring message of hope for us all. God's great strength can sweep into our lives and his grace can change everything if we'll let grace do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. I know you'll be as blessed as I was to hear from Max. So without further ado, please welcome my friend, and now yours, Max Licardo. My name is Max Lucado. I'm a pastor. I live in Texas. I'm 68 years old now, so I'm an old guy. I love to preach. I love to write. I'm a redeemed drunk. Uh, my life was headed over the cliff. And thankfully, the Lord had mercy upon me and has chosen to to bless me with a beautiful, beautiful wife. We've been married for 42 years. Jacob is really written for all of us who struggle with faith. If you are part saint, part scoundrel, if you mean well, but don't always do well, if you have breakthroughs, but more breakdowns, if you don't need a reminder of your failures, then 
you could probably use a refresher course on God's grace. And I think, I think Jacob provides that. The descendants of Abraham, through whom God brought the message of grace and hope, and through whom the seed of Abraham was born, the greatest of all people, Jesus Christ. So Jacob was Abraham's grandson. Abraham had a son named Isaac, and Isaac had two sons, Jacob and Esau. And Jacob, his whole story is shrouded in this for that, negotiations, under the table, secrets, fugitive, running from God, running toward God, wrestling with God, forgetting God, pursuing God. This guy was something else. So Jacob and Esau were born to Isaac and Rebekah. They were twins. Jacob was second by only seconds. He literally exited the womb holding on to the heel of his brother. There's a triumph of irony in that picture because it's like he spent the rest of his life trying to pull his brother back because Jacob wanted to be first in line. To be the firstborn in the days of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, ancient Israel, that was a big deal. You received twice as much in your inheritance. You were left in charge of the family clan. And Jacob wanted that position. And so did his mother. Boy, was she something else. She worked to kind of create a scenario where they could literally pull the wool over Isaac's eyes and uh, convince him to bless Jacob as the firstborn instead of Esau. It's a cultural thing that doesn't quite make sense to our Western ears, but once the dad gave that blessing, it was irrevocable, and they pulled it off. And that set the tone for what would be a lifetime of taking matters in their own hands and trying to accomplish God's will without God. (laughs) Jacob and I have a lot in common. I try to manage things by my own strength instead of his. I tend to do things secretly instead of honestly. And yet we have those moments in which God just allows us to see who we are and forces us to look in the mirror and find out, be reminded what we've become. We come face to face with ourselves and and what we see we don't like. We use all our strength only to find out our strength isn't enough. And that's what happened to me. I'm a redeemed drunk. I don't say that lightly. I was that guy that no dad would have wanted their daughter to date. I was sleazy. I was slick. I knew how to work a room and I knew how to put away a six pack. I really struggled with alcohol. I remember one occasion to the casual observer, it appeared I was on top of the world. Our brand new church sanctuary was bursting at the seams and we were adding new members every week. And the congregation had very little debt 
All the cylinders were firing. I was turning sermons into books. My publisher turned books into arena events. It was wild. But what nobody knew is I was a mess. I was really a mess. Our staff was struggling. Departments were squaring off against one another. And tacky emails were flying. Ministers were competing for budget dollars. We had people quit. Very valuable employees quietly resigned. And so I was the senior pastor, so it fell to me to try to put things in order. But I didn't have time to do that. I had lessons to prepare. I had Sunday sermons to write. Deadlines were coming from all sides. And then I developed a heart condition. The cardiologist told me to dial it back, but I couldn't do that. It was a time of utter chaos. So I did what came naturally. I just began to drink. Not publicly. But I was that guy you see at the convenience store who would buy a big can of beer, hide it in a sack, and press it against his thigh. I'd sit in the car and I'd guzzle down the drink until it took the edge off the sharp demands of the day. That's how I was coping with a world gone crazy. I'm not proud of that, but by God's great grace, by his strength, I came clean. I shared my struggle with some people who needed to know about it. We pulled things together as a church staff and kind of pressed the reset button and made some decisions. And we all learned a lesson. And one of those lessons is we got to be really careful. Careful not getting too big on ourselves, not getting too proud of ourselves. But we've got to remember it's not about us. It's all about him. And Jacob had several reminders of this. And and one of them occurred in that riverbed, and he wrestled with God, and he thought he had won. And then God, just with a touch on the hip, left him crippled for life, a constant reminder that uh, God can bring us to our knees whenever he wants to. And that's what he did to me. I'm thankful. I'm thankful for those days, those tough days, that tough period. I'm not proud, but I'm thankful. I have long since given up on trying to <laughs> leave the impression that I've got it all together. That's a load that I can't carry. I don't have it all together, but I'm grateful beyond words for my God who does. Look at the story of Jacob. He's hot, then cold. He's faithful, then unfaithful. He's trusting God. He's distrusting God. He's kind of in and out. And he's that way his whole life. This is the guy to whom God appeared in the night with a special vision, a ladder with angels ascending and descending, promising that he would bless Jacob. But this is the guy who decided he would negotiate with God. Okay, if you will bless me, then I will da-da-da-da. It's like he never got God, but God always got him. So I think that's why I love the story of Jacob. There's a bunch of us. We read the story of Jacob and say, that tilted halo that he wore, ah, that's what I have too. So I think the story of Jacob is for those among us who have tilted halos. I'll be reading from a story in the Jesus Storybook Bible, which tells the story of Jacob from Genesis 29 
and 30. Jacob was one of Isaac's sons, and he was on the run. Jacob had stolen and cheated and made some enemies, including his own brother. Now he was hiding. The funny thing is, Jacob, of all people, was the one God gave the special promise to. And the same promise he had given his grandfather, Abraham. I will rescue the world through your family. But then God chooses people we least expect, as we will see. You can get the Jesus Storybook Bible wherever books are sold. To find out more about the book and all of Sally's other books, please visit Sally at sallylloyd-jones.com and follow her on Instagram at sallylloydjones and at Jesus underscore storybook underscore Bible. Before we go, don't forget, God loves you with a never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. Oh, hello, it's me again, Sally. I'm just popping back briefly to say two things. The first thing is, don't forget to subscribe to the show because that way you'll get the stories straight to your phone. And the other thing is, while we're at it, would you rate the show and leave us a review? That would be so great because it helps other people find the show too. I really appreciate your help. Thank you.